Welcome to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ, USA. We're the host, Bishop Dennis J. McMurray is our senior pastor, and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our first lady. Join us in this inspiring time of praise, worship, and fellowship designed to encourage and motivate everyone through the Word of God. Now prepare your hearts to be blessed with Victory in the Word. For our First Lady being in the house this morning, let's praise God for Dr. McMurray. But I must give the highest honor to God this morning. For without him, I'd be like a ship without a sail. Anybody feel like me just tossing through life, being tossed by the winds of life? But because God is good all the time, all the time God is good, we're so thankful. There's somebody next to you, tell them, you're looking at somebody God's been good to. Tell them that. Now give God another hand of praise for yourself. John 3.16, if you would, please. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to read that in the New Living Translation on this love weekend. It says, for this is how God loved the world. Isn't that something that says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I want to read it in the message version. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. And then finally in the Amplified Version, that same passage says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as their Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. The word of God is blessed, therefore so are we. When we look at the book of John, John contains some of Scripture's most personal and emotional expressions of the heart. When you look at the content and the context of the book of John, you have to look at who the book of John was written to. It was written during a time where the Jewish culture and the Jewish way of life was the most dominant in that society. However, John's gospel is not written to those who make up the dominance in culture. But John's book, John's gospel was written to non-Jewish people. Isn't that something he took the time to express the heart of God and what was on his heart? But instead of writing it to the most likely to succeed in life, he writes this gospel to the most unlikely to succeed in life. He writes this gospel to those who had a dream, but that dream was only a nightmare. He writes that gospel to people 
who knew they were better than how they were living, but they just couldn't get themselves together and get on track like everybody else looked to be on track. Sound familiar? He writes this gospel to people who lack direction but wanted to be directed. He wrote this gospel to people that seemed like they dealt with trouble more than they dealt with peace. He writes this gospel to people who were dealing with hardship after hardships, problem after problem, and people who wanted more than anything else simply just to be happy. Simply just to be accepted. People who wanted more than anything else, they just simply wanted to be loved. Isn't it something when you know you deserve to be loved, but you're not loved? You know you should be appreciated, but you don't feel appreciated. The book of John was written to people who were looking for answers to life. And as I look and observe our culture and our world today, one of the things I've often said that I heard, I believe my grandmama oftentimes say, you cannot judge a book by its cover. What looks happy on the outside may not be happy on the inside. What, what looks together on the outside. I remember the first time I saw First Lady and I, I thought my rap had to be at a certain level. My game had to be at a certain level. I had to have everything together at a certain level only to find out when I got close to her, she was as down to earth as I was. We get intimidated by how circumstances look. We get intimidated by what we're not close to. We make up in our mind and we see how it looks. We see how it operates. We see how it flows. And right away in our mind, we say, I can't get close to that. I can't process that. I can't understand that. And that's how the Jews dealt with Jesus. Oftentimes when they dealt with God, they dealt with God at a level where they would change their clothes because they were getting ready to approach a holy God. They would wash their hands before they would pray because they were dealing with the sovereign God. And so religion and relationship out of the Jewish culture was such that if you weren't right, if you didn't approach God a certain kind of way, you could not be blessed and impacted by him. And so here were these people who were of the non-Jewish culture and they needed answers. They were feeling rejected. They felt like their life had absolutely no value. They felt like I'm a nobody. And that's why God gives us the book of John. Because if you don't understand God as God allows you to understand him, you will go through life so miserable, so lonely, so disappointed, so feeling rejected. Because John's gospel says, if you're never loved properly, properly, that's the big word, properly, you'll eventually become destroyed and you'll eventually give up if you're never, if you're never loved properly. That's the big word there, properly. And so many people go through life looking to be loved properly. 
until they will accept improper love. That's what was happening in the book of John. The people felt that I had to be affirmed by people. And if people don't affirm me, then I will never be affirmed. If I'm not liked by people, then I'll never be liked. If I'm not loved by people, then I'll never be loved. If I'm not told by somebody else, I am handsome or I'm beautiful, I'll never feel that I'm handsome or beautiful. In other words, they were connecting happiness to a human experience. And when you connect happiness to a human experience, the human experience will always find a way to hurt you, find a way to disappoint you, find a way to let you down, find a way to let you feel like you are beneath it. But I'm here to tell you today, God so loved the world properly, properly. So God realized that we would need a supernatural experience or a supernatural advantage because the devil does his best work when we're down. Devil is most dominant when we don't feel good about who we are. He and his demons don't play fair and they're not supposed to. So God understood what everybody feels today, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, God knows where you're at this morning. And God says, I've got to do something for these people that aren't part of the culture to let them feel, let them know beyond the shadow of a doubt, it's not about being part of a culture, but it's about being washed in my blood. And I want to tell somebody today, being a part of the culture is not the answer. I watch people in life now, they're breaking their backs trying to be affirmed by a culture. I went to a service yesterday with my wife and I watched everybody in that service talk about the importance of being a member of a culture. When Jesus should have been talked about, they talked more about a culture than they did about Jesus. And anytime you talk about belonging to a culture instead of belonging to the blood of Jesus and the family of Christian believers, it's gonna come a time when you're gonna be let down because what if I'm not part of the culture? Does that mean I don't fit? Does that mean my life has no value does that mean I have no friends I beg your pardon it is not for God so loved the world properly that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish it doesn't matter whether you're black whether you're white whether you're rich whether you're challenged whether you're bond whether you're free when you're part of the family of God God's love permeates in your mind and allows you to face adversities of life and say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I feel loved properly. So then the love of God is the focal point for creation. And everybody in life feels like I need to hear from somebody to tell me I'm loved. I had to rise early this morning and take care of some pastoral business early, early this morning. And when I rose early this morning and groomed myself and prepared to leave, halfway sleep, because we had long, long, 2020 already. As I was putting on my Brute by Fabergé, 
in the in that in that green plastic bottle with the uh, silver top. I can't wear that no more. All right, then I'll go get the old spice out the other cabinet with the white bottle and the gray stick in the top. First lady looked at me and she said, babe. I said, yeah. She said, I love you. I'm like, wow. That gave me the energy to do what I need to do. But what happens when nobody tells you, I love you? What happens when nobody pats you on the back and tell you you're doing a good job? Everybody feels that my life would be complete if I know that somebody somewhere loves me. Therefore, this emotion called love, great gospel singer wrote a song about love from a human perspective. It takes a fool to learn that love don't, from a human perspective, if you're anchoring your hope in a human love, love can't love you like you need to be loved. But we continue to seek that kind of love that will never be perpetually fulfilling. It has been said that the love of a father makes a son complete, but what if the father doesn't love the son? Then the sons go through life incomplete. The love of a mother makes her daughter complete, but what if that mother loves every other girl in the neighborhood but can't tell her own daughter, I love you. It has been said that the love of a man makes a woman complete and the love of a woman makes a man complete, but what if that love goes bad and you end up in a divorce court? What if you never ever find that love? What if you found that love and this is your fourth, fifth, sixth marriage and you begin to say to yourself, is there something wrong with me? What if everybody, don't y'all find it amazing? I know some people who get married and change spouses more than you change uh, socks. And single ladies, you look back and you say, this is her 12th time being married. I can't even get nobody to say hi to me. This thing called love will run you crazy if you seek it. It says friendships give you a sense of love and make you complete. The love of family and relatives but what happens when those you look to and rely upon disappoint you? One thing I found in life, and I think you would agree, relationships quickly change. And when they change, in most cases, for the worse. What you thought was making you better, I'm going to say this again, who and what you thought was making you better is now causing you to feel bitter. Was that the love that God planned for you? At the time when it was good, you dreamed together, you held hands together, shared cars together, freely exchanged money together, and in even some cases you intimately shared yourself together only to find out that that love was not the type of perpetual love. You found out that that love is what I call conditional love. Conditional love is I'll love you as long as you're blessing me. I'll love you as long as I'm happy with you. I'll love you as long as we travel down the same road together. I'll love you when I like what you're doing for me. But what happens when you hit that place in life where, the, where love is troubled by life? I'm going to say that again. What happens when love gets troubled by life? If you live long enough, Love will get troubled by life. 
And when love gets troubled by life, normally produces feelings of anger, pain, depression, isolation, frustration, in some cases mental breakdown. Some people even submit to suicide or murder because love was troubled by life. So commitment that's required for love is really a commitment that's produced by emotion. We confuse love and commitment with emotion. And we say, if I have no emotion, then I don't have any, any love. Human love is earned before it is given as it relates to First Lady and I dating. And I made this rule the summer of 84. And the rule was, because I thought I was that guy, I said, since everybody's gone home for the summer, there's not going to be many of us up here on campus. Um, we may as well hang out. I'm not looking for a commitment. But if a good time is to be had and you enjoy me and I enjoy you, then it's just going to last for the summer because when everybody returns back to campus, I want us to fully exercise any options that are in front of us. Girl from Detroit said yes. But something happened to me that I had not planned on happening to me that summer. Commitment and emotion ran into my heart and Cupid was driving my car around campus, reminding me of what I had. But the player at from Detroit at the end of the summer calmly approached me and she said, well, the summer is over. I've had a good time. God bless you, Goonie Goo. And she walked away, Sister Valerie. The player got played. Why y'all ladies standing up like that? Maybe I should... And I quickly said, but I was smooth, brother. Hold up, hold up. Let's, uh, um, uh, let's, let's just talk about this for a minute. She says, no, I want to exercise my options. I'll holler at you later. Bro, Hawthorne and Muskegon Hikes, she broke me down, and I began to say some things to her because love had transitioned from my mind to my heart. And once something gets in your heart, there ain't nothing nobody can do to take it out of your heart because it's beyond thinking if it's right. Your heart tells you it is right. And that's what a relationship with Jesus Christ does. And that's what John was telling them. He said, y'all been loving from the head, but you haven't been hit in the heart yet. I want you to know that God so loved the world properly. When he loved us properly, it moved from our head to our heart. It settled in our heart and let us know regardless of what you do and how you do it, I'm going to love you properly. And that's a fancy word called agape love. Agape love is the kind of love that only God can give. How many times have you been Thinking you had the real love, but only to be. For those that don't understand the word played, played is simply vocabulary, vocabulary from the hood that simply says, I had placed my trust and my confidence 
in an emotional relationship with an individual thinking that they were deeply committed to me and my heart was tremendously emotionally connected to theirs only to find out there was no emotion and there was no commitment and I'm out here still all by myself but I'm going to break it down and say play. The devil will try to play you every time. When you make a mistake, he tries to play you and tell you your life has no value. When you don't do things the God kind of way, the demons connected to him will try to play you and make you think your life is not worth the living. When you make mistakes trying to live life and those mistakes send you on a emotional roller coaster the enemies of life will make you try to believe in your heart that you'll never be nothing you'll never go nowhere you'll never accomplish anything but i'm here to tell somebody this morning when you are properly loved by god when you are properly loved by god not in your mind but in your heart you may mess up but god still sins is love you may not do it right but God still embraces you with his love agape love is the kind of love that says I'm going to give you my best and I don't want nothing in return God loved us he died he sent his son to die for us knowing that we wouldn't mess up can I give you a snapshot about the church it ain't a place for perfect people. The church is a place for people trying to get their life together. So if any perfect people up in here got your nose up in the air looking at all us, uh, all of us unperfect people, I'm here to tell you just keep living because you're going to make a mistake sooner or later too. And you're going to need the agape love of God. But those of us in here, you need to thank God. You may not be all that you need to be right now, but do you have this testimony? thank God I ain't what I used to be if you need to give God praise and say I'm a work in progress jump to your feet and tell God thank you for never giving up on me thank you come on tell him thank you some of us used to be a mess in here we need to praise him to at least six or seven o'clock tonight come on give God praise don't act like you've been good at two shoes all your life the Lord didn't just bless you to get a nice outfit on this morning. How many of you know if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you don't know where you would be. But thank God for his grace, his mercy, and his love. Woo! They say toe up from the floor. Do I have any form of toe ups on the floor ups? I didn't give you a title this morning. And I'm going to save that to the end right now. That title is, I'm properly loved by God. I'm properly loved by God. I'm properly give you something to go home with. <laughs> In 
trying to do this thing the right way y'all and do this thing simply means living right you might make a mistake or two or three or four before the Lord comes back for us but if there's one thing I want you to put down in your spirit today and I want you to keep it locked there I'm properly loved by God everybody stand up I want you to take your right foot and I want you to do it like this you know what you just did you just took your foot off your own neck Cause it's so easy for us to turn on ourselves. Nothing more frustrating than to turn on your. It causes sleepless nights when you turn on yourself. It causes you to blurt out in the middle of the night, Lord help me when you turn on your the agape love of God is the kind of love where God says I'm going to give my very best with a full understanding that you may not give me nothing in return the agape love of God is God saying I'm giving you my very best and if you never give me, my, give me your life I'm still going to give you my best so God so loved the world that he gave us his best. And when he gave us his only begotten and then his only begotten son gave us his that completed the proper demonstration of love. Wait a minute. The people were getting ready to get excited like that when John was preaching. And he said, no, you can't stop there because that's still love in part. He said, it's not proper until this last piece is complete. They hung him high. Then they stretched him wide. On the cross, for me and you, he died. And then early one Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand. That ain't it yet. Then he ascended to the heaven. He sat there evaluating us on his own. Because back in the Old Testament if you messed up God said that's it messed up. God said, that's it. It's over. But then Jesus dwelt amongst the people. And then when his work was done, he returned back to heaven. And the angels took his seat and set it at the right hand of the Father. And every time you mess up, 
and God getting ready to stand up and deal with you, the sun sits him back down and then pulls him close to him and whispers in his ear about why you did what you did because man only judges you on the outside but God knows the heart and by the time they get through talking they shake hands and they say let's give them another chance and that's where Jesus is that's proper love when you got somebody speaking on your hair 24 hours a day 7 days a week 365 days a year that's proper says he's forever making intercession for us he's forever talking to us he's forever talking to God for us he's forever talking to God for us forever and watch this he's so bad until he can have a conversation all day long about you then he can turn around and have that same conversation about another one because as he's he's I'm not present he's everywhere all the time he's 100% Jesus with you just like he's 100% Jesus with the other one he's 100% y'all don't hear me he's omniscient he knows what we need even before we're asking for it he's omnipotent he's all powerful to do whatever he needs to do however he needs to do it so I'm here to tell everybody in here you're being properly loved by God go tell three people we're properly loved by God Thank you for listening to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ USA, where our senior pastor is Bishop Dennis J. McMurray and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our First Lady. It is our prayer that you've been moved by the Word of God. We welcome you to join us at 1001 33rd Street, Southeast Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49508. Be prepared to attend Sunday School at 9 a.m. in the Family Life Center and our Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We also invite you to attend our midweek worship opportunities on Wednesday afternoon, 12 noon, in the chapel, and Thursday at 6.45 p.m. in the Family Life Center. Feel free to call us at 616-243-0991. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for joining Victory in the Word. And until next time, walk in victory.